This is CliffCentral.com. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The of Exchange with Siabayili. Live on Cliff Central. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Siabonga Beile live on the Threaded Exchange. I'm so excited to be back after a month of traveling in Europe. I'm so sorry, guys, that I haven't been able to deliver new podcasts. But I'm back like never before. And today's show is quite a big one because everybody knows that there's three people in this world that inspire me. That is Kanye West, number one. Number two is Alexandra Fato, a.k.a. known as Veils. <laughs> and number three is Bernard Arnold. I feel like... If I could conjoin those three men into one person, that's who I aspire to be. So today, um, I've actually got one of those three men here today, and um, his name is Veils, who is coming all the way, I think, from Chicago, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, according to Instagram, yes. where he's been launching an, an incredible collaboration, but also has a lot of existing exhibitions that are currently on show. And he's here in South Africa to launch something really, really exciting. And part of this launch, he's also going to be doing a mural in Johannesburg. And I'm so excited to to speak to him about his inspiration, about his life, you know, growing up in Lisbon, um, being inspired by the revolution, and talk about how his work disrupts what it means to be an artist and what it means to be a creator. Um, a lot of artists always think that things need to be perfect for them to create. Everyone always wants a perfect canvas. What I really like about him is taking things that are not perfect and giving them a voice and giving them, you know, vision, um, essentially. But before we begin, um, every day we are faced with news and issues that we often sweep under the carpet. Ignorance might be burst, but not for the Gareth Cliff show. Every Tuesday, Gareth Cliff and team don't turn a blind eye to issues that affect all of us. Make sure you download the podcast on cliffcentral.com. Don't Turn a Blind Eye 2 is brought to you by Taylor Blinds and Shutters. Turn your window or doorways into your room's best accessory with Taylor Blinds and Shutters. You'll be spoiled for choice between Taylor's aesthetic blinds and functional shutters, which bring a world of color, texture, patterns, and a taste to your space. Talking about taste to your space, <laughs> Mr. Alexandra. First of all, thank you for having me. It's an honor to meet you as well for all the work that you've been doing as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a it's an honor to be here. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Did you ever imagine starting your work um, in Lisbon that you'd ever end up coming to Africa and South Africa of all places? Um, no, actually, no. It was just really, um, it was a journey that started me doing graffiti when I was 13 years old, uh, just doing my work and and. And yeah, it's been an incredible journey. I, I always did my best in each opportunity that come up, and yeah, I, I would not yeah. expect, but I'm, I'm I'm grateful, you know, to 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 be able to meet, you yeah. know, people like you and like uh, the, the, the the this project that I'm doing, yeah. and 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 see that you know there is a new generation of people, of creators, of people that are trying to drive change through giving opportunities to others as well, and to vision to the new generation that is coming. Um, yeah, and that's that's very special. Yeah, when you heard you were going to be coming to South Africa, I mean, to to launch this incredible collaboration, were you nervous to come to South Africa? Did you know about South Africa at all? <laughs> I mean, when when I of speak to I people, most of the time when they hear South Africa, they think Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Besides Nelson Mandela, did you know anything about South Africa or what you might expect? Um, no, I, I, of course I knew. I knew um, a lot about South Africa, and I, I, you know, historically and so on. There's a lot of things that are really were part of my inspiration as well as uh, as, as an artist growing up. Um, in terms of music, in terms of of of, of intervention, in terms of activism as well, uh, South Africa has been always very, very, very strong. And and this was, without a doubt, something that I was always in touch with. Um, 
It's not my first time in Africa as well because I, I, we did a project in in uh, in Dakar in Senegal where Amazing. we we worked on um, Antadiop. We did a huge portrait of him, uh, which was very inspir- inspirational in the university that has his name as well. Um, and yeah, and I'm really looking forward to, to to know a bit more. I just arrived, so yeah, I'm I'm sure that you're gonna give me some advices on things to see Definitely. and to meet and people that's that's yeah. inspiring as well. Um, but yeah, well, um, when it, when it comes to, I mean, I've been following your journey, I mean, since I was 13, Mm -hmm. um, and like that was about 10 years ago. And I remember I'd been watching a lot of stuff around Banksy, Shepherd Ferry with Obey. And I remember coming across a mini series about you and the work that you, you're doing in Lisbon, you know, Mm -hmm. and how you were inspired by the revolution. Take me back to that journey. You know, what, was art always something you wanted to do? Was street art something that you were always interested in? How, growing up in Lisbon, what made you see these buildings and think, oh, I can actually create art out of this? Well, it's, it's, it was a long, long journey. I, I, you know, when I was 13, I was growing up and, you know, trying to be a rebel and kid and trying to discover things that would, you know, making me feel alive and making me, um, kind of, um, you, you know, exploring, yeah. uh, and, 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 and makes the whole sense of being here and what's, you know, what's the sense of, you know, being, being here. Uh, and I started to do art very young. I remember since I was very young, I was doing, you know, drawings and, and everything. But when I was 13, I got together with, you know, friends in school and so on. And we started to do sketches and, and then eventually went on walls and then on trains and so on. Um, and then I remember I was 16, 17. I was really like trying to push forward what I was doing. And I, I started to look at walls in a different way. Walls were, for me were not just walls. It was something that uh, since I was very young, I was used to see a lot of things on them. Uh, and in Lisbon, you have um, a long history with that goes from tiles to uh, public art to murals that were done uh, in the revolution in '74 uh, from a dictatorship that we had. Yeah. Uh, there were done a lot of murals where people took their, you know, their dreams, their hopes for the future, and and there was a big movement of artists that took the streets to 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 paint those those dreams. Yeah. Uh, but I was born in the late '80s, so those all those murals were still there, but they were kind of fading away from the sun. They were kind of destroying and I remember to see them very at a very young age after that we had a big boom with advertisements so you heard have these kind of you know murals with kind of uh, uh, passing a dream and a utopia and but confronting with um, advertisements where you had you know the the new wage of yeah. uh, usage of public space yeah. and then this these two uh, ideologies confronted itself and then Billboards went on top of these murals and then graffiti started to show up in the 90s yeah. that went on top. And then I was part of the second, third generation of graffiti writers from Lisbon, so I was doing that as well. Yeah. And then the council started to paint everything white and then more graffiti, more billboards. So the walls for me started to be something that were kind of absorbing the differences and the changes that were going through the country. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I was really like, I was doing, I was doing like everyone else, but I was adding to walls. And one day I just, you know, started to think, why, why am I adding? Why don't I go on to on a wall? And instead of adding like everyone else, yeah. I just go paint everything white. And then I, I extract and, and expose the layers of history that are behind. Yeah. And I make a sense out of them. So yeah. instead of painting with color, I would just 
you know, break the wall. So it's, it's the reason why you call yourself an, an urban archaeologist. Kind of, yes, in a yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think what I like about what you're saying, and I think it's something that I think as South Africans and as Africans we need to learn from. Because also, I mean, we've also have quite a deep history around, you know, Nelson Mandela with apartheid in South Africa. But I think a lot of our artists, we still feel... A lot of the times we're exposed to how Europe is doing things. We're consistently exposed to how America is doing things. And it's easy for artists to start obliging to those to those inspirations. Where What I like about you and, and coming from Lisbon is that you looked at your past and your history. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is a history that is considered very painful. But then you started narrating that history or using that pain to build a beautiful art. And I think for us in South Africa, when we think of our history, we always like... Apartheid, oh my God, we don't talk about that. But then we always have these conversations around racism and activism in South Africa, but we haven't really gotten to a point where we're able to use our painful history as a way of changing it for the next generation. So I think what I like about your work is that you you take something, you mean the buildings, that I looked at some of the buildings you've done in, in Portugal, is that mm-hmm. they, these are not buildings in wealthy areas of Portugal. These are not in buildings that are perfect. These are buildings from the revolution. And some of these buildings are desecrated. And for you to see art in that, it, I think it's quite amazing. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's it's uh, it was... Uh, it was conscious in a way, but it was kind of a process, you know. So I was not, I didn't have like kind of an idea that I wanted to do that. And it was really a, a kind of a inner discovery that then I realized, um, you know, it, it made sense, you know, as a reflection and to expose yeah. all those layers and, and to talk about those issues, you know. And, yeah. um, and the fact that, and the powerfulness of an artist that works on a public space is also that, is that, you can go uh, on on an area or on a building that nobody yeah. cares about, and you just with the small touches, you can turn something that no everyone passes by doesn't care to something that people pass by, stop and watch, and 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 you have you you grab the attention of people on that moment. Yeah. And and coming from graffiti, it's usually something that people kind of talk to each other. It's kind of a code within a community. But then you realize I realized that when you work on a public space, you actually can reach. A wider audience, yeah. and you can make people reflect on things as well. Yeah. And 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 I guess that's how you know I end up you know trying to confront um, history and and the impact that it has on us in a way as well to for people to heal and to and to kind of of, of you know um, talk about it in a you know not not in a positive way, but really start um, a dialogue. Yeah. You know, and the reflection, and I think that was kind of the objective of the work. Definitely. Now, one of the biggest things that I've noticed—I mean, being a, a young South African, having you know traveled to America, Europe—and I mean, you—you you were born in '74, and so growing up as a as a, as a eighty-seven, eighty-seven. <laughs> so I mean, growing up, um, I mean, you were born in '74, so by the time you were a teenager, there was also the rise of the social media boom coming mm-hmm. along and sort of the power of the even internet starting to to grow quite at a fast rate. And one thing that I think stands out for me and I want to learn from you about it is that your work has no ego. You know, we live in a time of this huge celebrity phase where, you know, on Instagram, everybody wants to be, look at me, look what I'm wearing, look at this amazing life I'm living. So we're living in a space that is so self-absorbed. But what I've always admired about you, I mean, even your social media, it's literally just your work. Was that always something 
that you did deliberately to never focus so much on you, but mostly on what you stand for as a brand and your work as an artist? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I truly think it's important that, um, at least in my view, uh, as an artist, it's, it's the focus I prefer to be on really on the work, on the message of the work. I, you know, I see art more as something that can put the lights and that can. Um, puts uh, people talking about a subject, an issue, yeah. attention, a, a person, you know, uh, people that they have been really uh, pushing for 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 work in their communities that have been, you know, uh, or just an everyday hero that, you know, has his job and he does his, his, his function in his society that are, is very important, but he's never have a space in the public space. So for me, it's not about... Um, all of that life it's 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 but of my life it's it's really about um using art as a powerful tool to to put the focus on things and that's how i saw it yeah. um which comes with a lot of responsibility sometimes uh but he also gave me um an opportunity to meet very you know interesting people that are really um fighting to 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 change their context where they yeah. uh, uh you know are born from and that also help others as well um Talking about you know the, all the stimulation and all the this kind of social media yeah. driven society we live in, um, yeah, it's, it's it's been we are all exposed to a lot of information constantly. Yeah. So so really, and that brings a, a big challenge to artists as well because for you to to be relevant and for the for even for the public space that to be relevant as it was. Um, uh, 50 years ago because today with the technology with the social media a lot of people interact and through devices and yeah. the public space where people usually used to meet and to yeah. gather talk about things and so on um, which was the public space kind of lost a little bit yeah. in this last year so it's imp it's important that artists not just artists performers uh, musicians uh, people take you know the streets as as a place for um, culture, because culture brings exchange, brings dialogue, brings um, brings a lot of interaction between us. That's yeah. and not true devices. So, yeah. so I think you know it's 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 obviously uh, um, uh, you know uh, um, a special time we live in. But yeah. also, I think there is there is oh, as as always. You know, society, we always tend to counterbalance it. And yeah. I think we have, um, also a generation of artists that are trying, of, of, of creatives that are trying to, to, you know, to create alternatives to, you yeah. know, this me, me, social yeah, media me driven. Social media, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, also what I find interesting, I mean, I, because I've been following you for a long time, I mean, there was a period of time where I didn't know how you looked. Because um, early on in your career, you used to do a lot of interviews where you didn't want to show your face mm -hmm. because you felt that takes away from the work. So what made you now to finally allow us to see your face? To see your face? First, I, I think I did graffiti for a long time and I had some problems. So that was one of the reasons I, I kind of could not reveal uh, who I was at the, at the beginning. But also... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's more, if you can bring more, uh, attention to the work and to, to the work that I'm doing, um, you know, I accepted it in a way that's, yeah. that it can bring more attention. And, it, but it's, I still kind of try to be on, 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 on the back of, of, of the work, you know, so yeah. it's, it's really more, you know, being upfront and being comfortable with, about talking about the work. I think that comes as well with, you know. Yeah. Um, now, tell me, you know, a lot of people also think, 
when people think, especially in the in the art space, because of social media, everybody mm-hmm. now sort of has this um, notion to create. Everyone wants to be a creator, and sometimes I feel that. Because of social media, everyone is always rushing to post an Instagram something mm-hmm. and not necessarily focus on the process of creating. So I see it a lot because I work in fashion and I see a lot in fashion where we try to rush the process because we want to Instagram so quickly and we don't actually take the time to go through the process of founding our voice and growing what we do. So what are some of the challenges did you have, you know, when you started at the age of 13 and now you have this amazing team, you're traveling around the world, but it, it, it wasn't always that way. No, no, at some no. point you mm-hmm. were a broke artist on the streets of yeah. Lisbon. <laughs> so how, did, how has that journey been for you to grow and now have this incredible team that travels with you? And what are some of the challenges that you faced? Um, I mean, I was, it was very challenging. And, and part of be, that challenge at the beginning, you know, uh, being an artist, you know, coming from graffiti also puts a stigma on you, uh, especially on the contemporary art world. Mm-hmm. You're always seen as kind of an outsider, someone that, you know, should only works on the streets. And that's, uh, and it's, uh, uh, the, the whole idea of street art for me, sometimes I have a, kind of a bit of a fight with it because it really puts this kind of artists that are creatives that work on a public space mm-hmm. on a corner. So, and I think that artists that work on a, on a, you know, on a wall, they can actually, you know, they have their studio work. They can do different medias. They can work even, you know, with, uh, sculptures in, you know, in marble if they want. It's just, there's this kind of, um, um, corner where these kind of artists, uh, new generation of artists that come from working on a public space or that come from tattoo, uh, come from, you know, comics that cannot really uh, go to other fields. And yeah. I, and I think that's an assumption that is very incorrect and very limiting for this young generation of artists. And, and I suffered with that since the beginning. Uh, but it was also my, you know, my school, my school was graffiti, was, was, uh, you know, getting together with friends, you know, not eating lunch, not <laughs> to yeah. get money to get the cans and, you know, like, so it's, it's, it was, it was really, it was really a natural process. Uh, but then, um, trying to be an, you know, an artist that you, I can, you know, be sustainable by myself. Uh, and then everything, having a team as well that it's, you know, well taken care of and that's, it's part of them. I worked with them before even, you know, when I was doing graffiti, um, it's, it comes from, from, um, it, it was a tough journey. Yeah. Do you ever have the pressure? I mean, cause I also I've like, I'm 24 now and I'm also like growing my own business. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes things get bad where the business doesn't make money. And sometimes it's always a question of, are we, are we making a mistake? Should we go back to school? Should we find a job? Did you and your friends ever have those conversations? Because I mean, Graffiti, being a street artist, you know, not a lot of people are willing to 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 pay artists such as yourself, hmm. you know. And brands only now brands have finally been like, okay, we need to work with different types of artists. But I mean, at the time, you and your friends creating this art, did you ever see it as something that could make you money? And if you didn't see it as that, was there ever pressure from your parents, your family to say, Alexandra, this art thing, <laughs> you want to study, maybe have a job while you do it? Was there ever that like? pressure around your family and friends to 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 not continue maybe to find yeah, something of that makes you money. I mean yeah yeah I, I mean for my parents it was not really like the future that they were expecting from me. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, but but well it's 
it's it's a perseverance and then I, I continued, I fighted for it. I I managed to eventually get on a course in London where I moved to London to study, which were yeah. hard times because it was not that easy. I heard you went to Central St. Martins. Yes, yes. So did, what did you study there? Uh it was it was fine arts and I didn't finish it. <laughs> yeah. uh, because things started to, you know, happen, evolve, yeah. evolve um, and eventually, the, the I was still struggling at the time. I was doing some projects uh, and I was managing to pay the bills and to to get on it. But then I got an invitation from, you know, uh, Peaches and Walls and Banksy, which was it, it was doing a uh, you know a big yeah. project in in. in you said that very UK. likely. Ah, I got an invite from. <laughs> Tell me about that. I remember when that happened because I mean, as I was saying, I've been following your journey and I, mm. and I remember hearing about you know Banks is doing work and he has given you space as well to join him in, in, in creating your own mural mm. how did that happen I mean how do you I mean everybody who's an artist whether it's fashion any creative right now wants to work with a guy like Banksy or the Banksy Collective so for you at the time what did it mean for you you know, to be in school, Central St. Martins, which is hectic mm-hmm. for you to be there and you're trying to push this passion. You might be a bit frustrated because you're making money just to pay the bills and you get this opportunity to, to, to work with Banksy. How was how that for you? Um, I mean, it, it was, first it was very special. I was not expecting that, but it was, it was an event that he invited more than 40 artists to go yeah. over to do a tunnel in the water, in the Waterloo train station in London, um, which was filled in with artists from everywhere. Um, and yeah, at the, at the time he, he had the notion that he had, um, uh, the power to bring attention, not just to his work and to the message that he had on his work, but, but also the platform. platform for the artists. And I learned a lot from that and we can talk about it after, but, but this was, uh, kind of the moment where I kind of, you know, my work that I was doing for, you know, three, four years, breaking walls was getting a bit of attention, but at the moment that that show opens, it was, you know, uh, I started to have a wider audience. People started yeah. to, you know, email me. I started to have galleries approaching me, festivals approaching me to do projects elsewhere. So then I understood that, you know, it's, it's, it, I was very lucky as well to be invited by him and I did my best at that project as well. Uh, and things started to happen from there. But, um, yeah. but I understood that. I understood that, you know, if, if, if you, if you kind of have a platform, uh, where, where people kind of drive attention, um, uh, to you, towards your work, and towards your what, what you do, it's it's important that you also give back, you know. Yeah. To and and you you can make it kind of easier for the new generation of artists or musicians and so on. So so after that, I started to create a team as well, which was people that were working with me, and we gathered together to have a studio. Uh, and, and then I started the gallery as well in Lisbon where we work with young artists, uh, local artists that are, are starting, but we also bring artists from abroad that are working, um, in the gallery, but also in, in the city because each artist always does a mural in the city, a show and, uh, an edition and they kind of, you know, feel the vibe of the city and interact with other artists that are yeah. local as well. So it's kind of a platform for young artists. Yeah. And then we started, created a festival as well to create opportunity for the young music scene, uh, not just from Portugal, but from Portuguese-speaking uh, uh, countries yeah. and also from abroad. So you're much broader than a street artist. Do you like the title street artist? Because um, I feel like also yeah. with your work, I feel like it's something that Kanye always says. He hates being called a musician. Because mm-hmm. he feels that limits 
who he is and what he does. And I feel for you, I mean, it's not just about street art. It's about giving a voice to art, giving a voice to music, giving a voice to different levels of expression through art. So do you think that the title street artist suits you or you feel there's a, what, what do you call yourself? I don't know. Because the world, we Someone. call you a street artist, but I mean, um, you, but you understand what I'm saying? Yes, right? yes, yes, I do, I do, I do. Your, your, your work is more than just, you know, a, a mural that you've created on the street. Mm-hmm. It's also in galleries, it's events, it's working with young upcoming co- artists, it's coming to yeah. South Africa. And you're also you're an activist. You're very vocal about artists being appreciated and, and artists being allowed to have a voice. So does that, do you feel when... I call you a street artist. Do you think that limits you, or you don't? You no, don't no, 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 no. I, I, I do think. I do think that you know, uh, being. Um, I think t- today with uh, with 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 everything that we have, uh, uh, it's it's very. You know, as an artist, you can you can create. I mean, the the act of creation can be much broader than being a street artist or being a painter or being a sculptor or being uh, you know someone that's. Um, gathers together a few artists and yeah. they do a project, you know, so I think it's, it's really, um, I think the, 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 the borders of, of definition of what we do are getting more faded and faded. And, uh, and yes, I, I, I truly see, uh, the, the, you know, the platform for, for arts, the platform for music as an extension of my work, because in the end, they're not breaking a wall with someone, but they are, uh, and giving visibility to this person, but it's actually giving visibility to creatives and musicians. So in the end, I see it really as art creation, but it's not really art creation. Yeah. So it's 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 very complicated for me to find the word and to define uh, what I try to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think sometimes tag names put us in a corner yeah. that we you know we are we should be freer than yeah. what people call us. You yeah, know? yeah, and. Now, talk, going back to your team, I mean, you, you've you grown from, I mean, I feel like Veals is no longer just you. I feel like Veals is a brand, you know, and I feel your team represents that brand. Now, as, as, a, as an artist, right, going from working and creating these works of art alone and now having a team and people join you on this venture, what is it like? Like, do you feel, do you fight with your team sometimes when it comes to the creative direction? <laughs> what is that process? When you disagree with your team, how do you solve those issues out? It's, it's I mean, luckily, it's been very uh, organic. Of course, there is tension sometimes, there is, there is problems, but, uh, but the team has been the same uh, for quite some time, uh, uh, almost you know, uh, eight years, ten years. Some some of the people, some are more recent, but it has been very cohesive team, and I'm very lucky to you know to be able to work with with people that have worked close to me as well. Um, but uh, but on the creative side, on the, on the ideas, there's discussion, of course, but there's a lot of things that follow on my on me, and 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 that's you know part of it as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 healthy. The 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 thing is, at one point, you realize that unless you have a team that's you know uh, you can share um, the vision and you can you can really uh, think uh, the the reach that your work can have if you have you know uh, five uh, friends or five five people that are working with you, uh, you can do in one week 
five times what you would do in one uh, alone yeah. you know so so the reach of the work and the reach that the message of the work can have it's much wider uh, yeah. plus you get conditions of work as well which are for me very important that we you know we are safe we we have the right conditions on on sites the the good cranes the good materials uh people are protected as well in their you know uh, welfare and so on so so it's kind of it's a give and take uh but i think it's very important that also it's it's that uh, for me to 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 manage to have a team um you know makes the message of the work go uh, yeah. much further and i think um that's why i kind of naturally yeah. went to there but it was not thought as you know i'm building a brand and i'm building a kind of a, com- a company that is doing this project so it was was kind of very organic yeah. the the process so would you say i mean i think one of the things that i'd like to know i mean also i'm i'm a young creator as well and i've worked with different people over the last couple of years i've i now have like he's part of my team and mm-hmm. i only met him last year now when dealing with people Especially when it comes to choosing members of your team, what is how what is the thinking behind? So when someone when you chose him, for example, to be a part of your team, <laughs> what was the criteria? Were you like, I like this guy, let me work with him, or was it like, do you believe in the same thing? So how do you choose your team? <laughs> was it, or is it just a feeling that you get? Like, I don't know. Because, like, as a creator, I've had yeah. issues where sometimes I've chosen my friends to be yeah. part of my team because, like, I trust them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is my friend. We've been friends for 10 years. And then they've worked with me and then it just didn't work out. Yeah. And then sometimes you meet someone within a year and then you click and he's one of the best people I've worked with. Yeah. So do you think... So for you, is the history, like, do people have to be your friends before they work with you? Or is it a shared vision? Like, what, what makes you say, I want to work with this guy? I, I guess, I guess there's no, not a rule. I never, I mean, yeah. there's not a rule. It's really, uh, naturally, like, Andrea, I met him because he was working with, um, someone that we were working quite often, uh, like, because it was an outsourcing, we were doing kind of sculptures and so on. And he was one of the persons that was behind it. And he, he showed a lot of interest in the work. Remember that? Of uh, course, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we met and then I realized that, you know, he wanted to, you know, to get involved. And from that strength, you know, we invited him to come. It, it went well and things went well. Yeah. Uh, but like, for example, Paolo, that it's, He's not here, he's outside. Uh, I met him in, in the graffiti days in 2008 or 2007. Oh, wow. um, and then eventually invited him to work with me in 2010 and then things went very well and, and so on. And Eduardo is one of actually one of the recent members of the team which got in six months ago, yeah. which was an open call and he was doing a job that's I think he was happy but he wanted a new, Are you a new happy challenge. Eduardo? <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. So how how long has Eduardo worked worked with you? Uh for six uh, I think six months? No. Six, six months. Five, five, five wow. months. Yeah. Wow. So but he he went for project manager, so so he's kind of the one that takes care of logistics, um, you know, all the you know management of the of of these yeah. travels that we have and also projects it kind of you know deals yeah. with the projects and, and so on amazing so now i want to know i mean how long have you worked with him uh, about four years maybe. four years four, maybe five, more, five. More, maybe five. for five years and the other yeah. guys worked with you for almost 10 years 10 years 10 years, 10 years. Yeah. now i want to understand now as an artist of course over the last couple of years you've just been evolving 
right? Mm. And sometimes as artists, when we evolve and when we get bigger, I feel like sometimes the process of creating somehow becomes not as appreciated as when you were alone on the street. So I just want to know from you, and also now there's brands now that you work with, where before you were Mm -hmm. not working with brands. So I want to understand from you, number one, how do you choose a brand to work with you? So for example, I'm going to call it the H brand. Can I say that? The H brand that you're working (laughs) with that has brought you to South Africa. Mm -hmm. When they first contacted you for this collaboration, what made you say, okay, I'm going to do it? And in the past, I mean, you've worked with Shepard Perry with Obey, I think. Mm -hmm. You've done a lot of projects with different brands. And as an artist, what is... I I can't find the word, but how do you collaborate with a brand that you make sure that they respect your work and the story you're trying to tell? Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, meet their needs. So, for example, the H brand showed an interest in telling your story. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, they want to tell their story through your story. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys make that work? Because I feel like a lot of artists sometimes get into very bad collaborations yeah. where it's either their story goes missing or it's more overwhelmed by the story of the brand. Or sometimes like as an art consumer, sometimes I can tell when an artist is being paid. I'm like, mm-hmm. this guy's being paid. It's not authentic. It's not real. So how do you make sure that your work is always authentic, always original, whether you're working with the brand or not with the brand? Yeah. I mean, uh, first, uh, I worked with Shepard and, and, and with other artists in collaboration. So I've been working in collaboration but with, with artists. It was not, you know, really brands. Uh, at this case, the age brand. Uh, kind of have um, a program with artists that they've been working for a long time. Uh, so they work with Goss, Shepard Ferry, Osgemios, yeah. a lot of the iconic artists that are, you know, some of them are good friends and some, you know, I know they work for a long time and I respect their work. And they've been building this kind of artist series that is very strong um, and at the same time contributed a lot to the community and the movements. Uh, and, and that's helped these artists as well, you know, uh, establish their careers and, mm-hmm. and have their studios and and I think that's you know very valuable that um you know uh you know brands can support f- for these movements as in, in the grassroots on the other end there is the fact that uh, you know you have your your work your mission your ideals and the, yeah. when they approached me they were kind of uh very open to it that they wanted you know um to a design that was part and, and I was doing a few artworks that were inspired um, in the whole the heritage of the brand where it came from uh, and all this part and I did that part of the, the, the project and then as an extension the launch of this uh, collaboration um, I proposed them to, to actually do a project where we would do a mural on each city uh, where we would get involved with people that were re- really very relevant locally that were working with their communities that were pushing the boundaries that were you know, you know, never, they were, they were never stopping. They were pushing. They were yeah. never, ne- never stop, never settle the whole process of getting the, the, um, this, this motto, which actually combined and relinked in a way what I was trying to do, which was yeah. giving visibility and as well the brand that wanted to kind of, um, you know, kind of things linked up. And that's why I can, can, I accepted this project as well. When it's something that I don't often do, it's collaborations. But actually, in the end, uh, the projects end up doing and giving to the community, uh, you know, um, back, you know. And I think um, to have that opportunity and the respect that I had for my work, uh, it was the thing that made me accept these projects. Yeah. Um, 
and it's been very interesting. I mean, the project we did in New York with TJ, which was, he's a person that is, um, one, it's the son of one of the run DMC that has been running the foundation yeah. and has been creating opportunities for young people to, to, you know, to have access to music, to, uh, especially to the, to the hip hop scene there. Um, and then with Joe Fresh Goods, which, which has been creating a workshop in Chicago for young, young people to try to screen print, to try new things and, and so on. And he created his own label. It's kind of, kind of a, a reference or community leader that has been pushing a lot of, you know, kids doing, putting themselves into fashion as well. Um, the person that we're gonna, Work in South Africa as well. Yeah. It's kind of influential in a, in a very different spectrum, but but it's it's kind of uh, you know it's 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 about getting the things together in a way and 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 make sure that you know the the brand contributes to to also um, to to the scene where I came from um, and that I can contribute to the brand as well as as a way to 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 tell a story. And I think it's really the symbiosis that's and the yeah. connection. Uh, when it's built, that's you know makes sense. But yeah. Now, since you you, but it's not every brand that actually. Lets you yeah. Know. Have you ever had <laughs> brand collabs that have failed? Where you uh, when you look back now, I'm not saying mention the names of no, course, no. <laughs> but are there any collaborations where, as a team, you're like maybe we shouldn't have done that? Maybe that didn't work as well as we thought it would. Uh, no, moments? no, no, because we did we did very few. We did really yeah. very few. This was what, pro- probably one of the first ones that we did. Was that, that was very close. Was that always, I mean, the intention to, to work only with a few brands? Because also sometimes I feel a lot of artists work with too many brands mm-hmm. and sometimes the voice of their work goes missing. So for you, was it always about, you know, let's work with, you know, close-knit brands and, mm. and keep it quality and keep it simple, but also keep it not have your, you know, Veal's work live amongst 20 different brands at once. Yeah. Was that always a business thing that you guys decided? Um, no, I mean, to be honest, it was quite a way of necessity because, uh, and, and first the connection with the brand, of course, that is there, there is this ideal and this, this way of connecting with the brand that is meaningful and that has been, you know, very strong and consistent in supporting you know, artists or, or even their what's around them and what they yeah. represent is very powerful. That makes sense for me to be associated with. But also, it's a way for me uh, to support projects when I do balls and I don't get paid. Uh, that's the way also I can support, you know, the team, the studio, and to pay for those projects exactly. where I want to be independent as well. So it's really um, it's um, balancing. Uh, balancing. Uh, of course, I don't want you know to do you know every day a collaboration and and this collaboration is actually very special very special for me yeah. and very special for 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 the brand as well um and in that sense it's it's uh, it's it's unique and i'm not sure if i'm gonna do another one another collaboration in the future but for now i'm very happy with this one i'm gonna do a collab with you in the future okay that like, sounds good that has to happen <laughs> That's a, please yeah. team your witnesses <laughs> if, if you have to you're gonna collab with me in future but now i mean you because I follow you on social media, you're always traveling. You're always launching new exhibitions. You're consistently launching new work. When do you have the time to, number one, relax? Do you ever have time to just chill? Do you ever go out to music festivals? Like, how do you take time? Do you ever take time off? Or you're always creating? Um, well, I do take time off. Uh, more 
uh, you know, I would like to take more, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I try to take time off. What, um, what do you do on your time off? Like, do you like to party? What do you do on your time off? Uh, I, um, I read. I uh, watch a lot of movies, series, and 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 sometimes go to festivals. Sometimes I like to party as well. Sometimes you know I just like to chill and not think about anything. So it really depends. But but it has been very intense to be honest for the last yeah. two three years. Uh, and I think you know I was driven by uh, this this will to explore. I was always pushing new techniques, new ideas. This kind of um, I don't know inner necessity to grab the moment of now of the world where it is right now, yeah. which I think is very, you know, um, very 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 special, but at the same time sometimes very uh, scary as well. So yeah. it's kind of a a moment that is very special for for humanity in general. So so I'm just trying to really grab um, the the moment and capturing not not just the people that I'm working in different places, but the moment and capturing yeah. what are, we are living now, because I think in 10, 20 years, we will look back and, and I think things will be very different. So yeah. I think the moment that we live now uh, to capture it as it is right now, it's, 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 uh, it's, um, it's kind of a bless for me. So yeah. um, that's what I'm trying to and do. And also I think what I also admire about your work, I, f- I find that a lot of us are always looking at our phones. Mm-hmm. In either conversation, he's looking at his phone. <laughs> he's not in the moment. <laughs> but I always feel like as a humanity right now, and I think that's why I find your work so important, not just on an artistic level, but on a human expression level, where I feel I love the internet. I think the internet is brilliant. We have access to so much information. I mean, being in South Africa, I didn't leave the country until five years ago, where I traveled for the first time. And so for me, the internet was a space to learn about artists in in Portugal, to learn about what's happening in New York. But I also feel to a certain extent, social media and the internet has distracted us from seeing the beauty around us. Mm. You know, because I feel like if you're in an Uber, you're not looking outside, you're looking at your phone or calling a friend or listening to music. When you're in an airplane, you're not thinking, let me greet the person sitting next to me, let me be on my phone. So I find that the world has become pretty much a cold place you know we are consistently in these little silos where we're on our phones talking you know doing all these different things but what i like about your work is that for for someone to actually see your work they need to appreciate the moment to actually look Hmm. at the building and, and actually analyze the work so for you how important is it to be in the moment and 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 to or what do you do also to not be distracted by the internet I mean, uh, actually, I feel sometimes, sometimes myself trapped into that, that kind of, yeah. uh, moments, you know, uh, but, but I, but I truly think that with internet gave us a lot of options. For me, it was super important for me to, to push my work, you know, uh, for us to connect, you know, even without knowing each other, with and being so, so far away and, 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 uh, and, and, and to be in touch. It's, it's something very special that never happened to humanity ever yeah. before, you know. So, uh, and this really revolutionized the movement where I came from because this street art movement, you know, each, each art movement as a city of birth. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the impressionists came from one city. Uh, the, you know, each, each movement of art as a city that was the birth of, of movement. Yeah. But street art, there is no city. It was really, uh, people started to do stuff. And then at the same time that in, in, in London or, or in Johannesburg or in New York, you had things starting to pop up and the internet was kind of the 
the platform where people were kind of where all of dialogue. us from around the world we yes. could look at this one platform yeah. <laughs> yeah which 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 really revolutionized this this the internet revolutionized how art is perceived how is received how people see it but at the same way this was a movement that was very interesting and i think everyone was very excited about that but i think now we're starting to see the shadow of this kind of you know over exposure to internet to internet and information and I think you start, you're going to start to have a counter movement where people will really start instead of, you know, looking at the influences that they are getting from a worldwide, yeah. uh, world that is connected, hyper connected and, 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 and in touch, they will start to, you know, maybe not look to this, but look their, their own past, their own history, their own references that are local. Because otherwise, there is no way in a global world for you to differentiate if you're not looking at your local heritage, your local history, your local reference. Yes, and and I think you know from I think the humanity is still finding a way to deal with globalization. I think there is there is going to be this countercurrent happening. Now, talking about like globalization and the power of the internet, as you said, I mean, there's also. Because also you are in Lisbon growing up there, you also look to the internet for inspiration or look at the works yeah, of other sure. artists. Who are the, some of the artists that have inspired you in your journey? I mean, um, obviously Banksy was a big influence for me at the beginning, uh, but all the graffiti writers from the beginning, from the 80s, uh, 70s in New York were a big influence as well. And then after, this was kind of my influences at the beginning, but after, you know, growing up, uh, doing art and so on, I started to research also on artists that were creating, you know, sculptures and, and more contemporary arts. And there's this artist, Gordon Mata Clark, that, uh, has been doing, you know, an, an, an amazing work in the seventies with where he was taking stuff from the street and putting it in a museum context, gallery context. Um, uh, there's, um, I mean, there is, uh, I mean, uh, the, so many artists that have been yeah. influencing me. Um, and actually, there's um, uh, Lee Gordon, which is an artist from from South Africa as well that has been working yes. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I've been knowing for him for for a while as well. Um, and Fate Forty Seven as well. She's she's been yeah. working here. So so and and there is so many references because you know internet gave us access to, to all everything, yeah. to everything. But um, but yeah, I think um, it was important. But also it was important for me as well to sometimes to you know get away from all those influences and find my own path. And which, find your own path. And do you ever in finding your own path? Because I mean, because I've been following your work and how it's developed over the last couple of years. Have you always been someone who wants to push themselves creatively? And how do you how do you push yourself creatively? You know, because I think every artist in their journey has these moments of frustration when they can know they can do better, but then there's no inspiration. Have you ever felt uninspired? And and how do you get that inspiration back? And how does that help push your, your creativity to the next level? Tough questions. No, it's not. not. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, it's been a very interesting interview for sure. It was one of the most interesting interviews I ever had until today. So, thank you. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, uh, I always kind of—I don't know why—but I always feel a will to push things since yeah. I'm young. Uh, the limits of things and to, uh, really to push the boundaries of the work that I can create, how I can create it, the mediums I can use. I, I was never um, stopped by 
the limitations that uh, mat- materials can give me. Yeah. Uh, but also I discover that a lot of what we don't give value as humans, if we put it in a different way um, or if we subvert it, it can actually yeah. turn into gold. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like the buildings, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like the buildings that no one cared about to look yeah. at. You are able to take those textures and layers and create a face that yeah. no one had recognized. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the act of, of, of kind of, because in the end, I was always criticized. Uh, being a graffiti writer, you always is a vandal. It takes value of things. It's destroying the public space. It's destroying public property. You always get these kind of uh, derogative kind of uh, affirmations through through your work. Um, and in a way, what I was trying to do was to go even more extreme as a vandal to actually destroy a wall, but at the same time, I was creating something beautiful. So yeah. it it really depends of what you do with the energy that you have, yeah. and with what you work with, because if it has value, it's just other people are not seeing. But if you see value on things where anyone is not seeing, it's where um, I think art happens because it's, yeah. you you change the perception of people of something. And I think that's that's that's, that's I, I think how I f- yeah, yeah important and how I feel I I keep pushing myself yeah. because I'm always trying to use you know I use acids to create I use styrofoam to create I use concrete that's sometimes they are not perceived as something yeah. positive or you know explosives so I use a lot of different materials to create something and to subvert how people perceive them you know even a jackhammer that yeah. nobody sees as an art tool you know yeah. so. So it's really this idea of, you know, uh, looking at things in a different way. Yeah. How do you, as an artist, I'm, I'm learning a lot, by the way, from you as an as a creator myself. One of the biggest things that I have a problem with as an artist is that I'm very sensitive, mm. right? And with social media era and with the media, um, criticism is no longer as authentic as it used to be. Because sometimes criticism now can become hate speech. Mm-hmm. How do you handle criticism? Like if someone bad mouths your work, I mean, I know that, especially with, with, with street artists, especially street artists like Banky, if you look at Cause, for example, mm-hmm. um, a lot of you guys have become pop culture icons. You know, Cause has just done a crazy collab with uh, Dior, with Kim Jones. Um, you know, Shepard Ferry has done incredible collaborations as well in pop culture scene. And most of them have been criticized to sell out or the art is no longer authentic. So as a street artist now, like yourself, who's becoming a pop culture icon, how do you handle criticism? Do you just, do you block it out? Um, do you read comments that are bad or not? Cause I can't, I still struggle to read bad comments about my work. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to pay attention to to it. I still, I mean, I still do. And of course, it touches you. And, you know, you're trying to do something that kind of resonates with people. And when people get, it's it's frustrating sometimes. But when, yeah. but when it's uh, constructive um, criticism, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, I, I grew with that. Uh, you know, you, you, I think I, I learned from that. Yeah. But when it's simply a speech, you know, I really don't care. And, uh, yeah. and I'm, I, I, I'm I'm lucky enough to not have like a like a crazy amount of of of, of that uh, speech, um, but it's um, yeah. I mean, it's something that I, yeah. I, I learned how but to how cope do with. You, but how do you make sure? Because I mean, as an artist, because you you put your heart and your mm-hmm. soul into the work that you create, and you have this big team that also works day and night to make sure this art comes out as. I wouldn't say perfect because I feel perfect doesn't exist, but yeah. to come out as authentic Take. as possible mm-hmm. and then someone just criticizes it. How 
Because I struggle with the whole thing that sometimes it gets into my head mm-hmm. a little bit because I'm like, Why? I put everything into this. <laughs> I put money, efforts, a team, put yeah. their heart in, and we're proud of this work. So how do you make sure that criticism doesn't affect you mentally or how you create? Because I feel that sometimes as artists, especially upcoming artists, where there's this over sensation of social media, they get criticized and sometimes they just want to quit and give up and leave and not create anymore. So... How does the criticism not affect you mentally And you're still able to just push through and create I mean it's a difficult question <laughs> Is it maybe the yeah. team also is just like Let's just leave it Like how do you yeah. deal with it Do you talk about it if you have bad criticism Yeah I mean I, I do, do, do I do. Uh, it, do I, yes yes I mean I had, I had several uh, things that you know Were criticized And I, I think it is normal But I try to be as a way as I can from when it's really like uh, hate speech, which for me it's, uh, it makes no sense. Uh, when it's something constructive, constructive, it really I can learn from it. That's that's okay. But but I think what I it's basically um, really be true to your ideals, be honest with yourself. Um, even if you have to do projects that sometimes you're not uh, completely comfortable with them, do them for a reason. And if yeah. the final reason is the, is, 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 is looking at projects that your art were managing to create, like the platform for artists, the platform for musicians, the people that you try to, that you kind of gave back, that's so much more important than a few people going on Twitter and saying something, you know, yeah. stupid without thinking, you know, so, so it's kind of, um, it's just, uh, you know, putting the focus on all the positive things because the first impression we have when we see something like that is oh, yeah. why, you know, this person. The reason I asked that question, I mean, I feel like your work is very unfiltered. And mm. I, what I mean by unfiltered is that your work is very honest and mm. your art is very honest. And sometimes as human beings, when we see art that is honest, sometimes we can't take the truth when it's staring at us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard for us to see that truth. And I mean, looking at globally what's happening, I mean, also like, I don't like mentioning this guy's name, but Donald Trump talking about like immigrants and all these things. Mm. And your work revolves around painting different types, not painting, but creating all these murals of different types of people from different cultures in different cities mm-hmm. with no rules. And I, and I remember reading an article that criticized that a little bit. So mm-hmm. for you, sometimes, even though your art is brilliant and you're telling the truth, sometimes humans can't take the truth. And that can be hard to deal with. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, but I think, you know, if, uh, if an artist doesn't create a bad reaction, you're probably not doing it right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's, you know, if, if you're pushing the limits, if you, if you, if you kind of, um, create uh, something that makes people think and reflect on, it's natural that you're going to get that reaction. And it's just, Personally, yes, it's difficult to take it sometimes, but it's part of the job, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Instead of now, we're coming towards the end of the interview. Let's mm-hmm. get more into the fight. I feel like, thank you for such a great interview. No, no, like, no. It was amazing. I asked you so many questions. <laughs> no but let's talk about fun stuff. What's been the the most exciting part about your journey? Like, what's been, when, like, give me a moment in your career where you're like, wow, I did this. Have you had many of those moments? Of excitement with your team? Yeah, I mean... Like your art is on a fucking (laughs) bottle. Like, Uh, for example, like I showed him... I showed showed him a video um, that was done by you and the H brand and showcasing like the bottle. I was Mm. like, "Ah, that is so exciting. Like, 
<laughs> is that exciting for you still? Like where you see the bottle and your name and the brand and your art and your art? Does that excite you? Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It's, it's part of a, a wider project for sure. And it does. But I, I think one moment that was very special was the first moment we did the festival. The, the festival Eminente that we did in Lisbon where we gather, we're managing together all the hip hop scene where I came from as well, from yeah. from Lisbon, which and and uh, which you know is people from Cape Verde, from Angola that uh, that came to Lisbon and and uh, and struggle you know and came from the same place where I came and we got yeah. it together from musicians to b boys to graffiti writers to artists yeah. to performers and we managed to do a festival with you know very grassroots and strong. Um, people from the underground scene from Lisbon and that were bringing people also from abroad. This was a very special moment because I think one thing that I learned from all this process and, and growing up in the, you know, in the hip hop community in Lisbon as well is that, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, you're doing well, but it's, but it's not about that in terms of, of, of your work and your, uh, but it's your, about serving people. Yeah. And yeah. serving and bringing everyone that you can. Because yeah. hip hop is about that. It's not just you having a party. It's having a party with every of all your yeah. friends together, and 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 managing for them to be valued, but what they are good at. Yeah. And I think that's that's what I learned also from growing up uh, doing graffiti and being part of the hip hop community there. Amazing. And now you're in South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> now tell me, um, what's happening this week? So I know the guys from the H brand, the name <laughs> that shall not be mentioned. Um, so what's, what are you doing this week? Um, so I know there's a lot of work for you to be done with the H brand. I know you're starting a mural tomorrow. I know there's an event on Thursday. So tell me what are some of the things that you're up to this week and on your personal, cause I always feel like when you travel for work, mm -hmm. as much as it's all about work, I feel there should be a little bit of play and I, and I feel that you and your team should explore. Please make sure you show them around. Yeah. I feel like I'm you need to help us. You, you need, you need to be with us. Like you need to be with us. I'm gonna contact you, and if he hasn't showed you like <laughs> the wildest things that we, that happen in Joburg, then I'm gonna be very sad. I'm gonna be very sad. But um, okay, cool. So and you me, come as well. Yeah, I'll definitely be there. I'm free the whole week. I'll do it. Um, so tell me, what are some of the things that you you're up to this week, and what is the big inspiration behind the secret mural that you're doing? Mm, yeah. Um. I would let people go and, and discover it by itself, but it's it's a it's it's a very special uh, um, person. After a, you know a long uh, discussion and and, and research, um, that would make sense uh, yeah. for us to do. But I think you know, come to the wall. Uh, the wall is at um, it's close to the Cosmopolitan Art Gallery, uh, and uh, and it should be done by Wednesday. Um, and we're gonna start work on Tuesday as well on the wall. Uh, so let me, let me, yeah. so the guys that are listening live on air, <laughs> let's play a guessing competition. Are you in for this? Let's actually play a guess for the next two days. Let's guess who is on that mural. I say it's Winnie Mandela. Okay. Um, so yeah, so guys, please guess. Um, our WhatsApp number is 0797482090. And the person that gets it correct can maybe join me for the event? Yeah. Can we do that? Can we run a competition? We can do that. Um, but let me give you a clue. <laughs> the person is still alive. Oh, the person is alive. <laughs> so okay, give us clues. So the person's still alive. So, mm. yeah, the person is still alive. Are they South African? Um, yes. Oh, I have an idea. It has to do with your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Am I on the right track? 
Okay, I'm not going to mention the person, but I think I do know. He had a very special lunch today with a very special South African powerhouse. So it makes sense they would have lunch before he begins the artwork. Ah, oh, I hope I'm right. If I'm right, if I'm right, can you sign my bottle? No, I was saying it anyway. Okay, cool. Um, so, so that's what's happening this week. He's starting. You're starting the mural tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the event is on Thursday. You're here until Saturday. So in between, you're going to be exploring and all that. Yeah, that's the idea. Yep. Yeah. And uh, hopefully you join us. No, well. of course. Of course. <laughs> um, one last question um, I want to ask. You landed in South Africa yesterday. Hmm. What is the first thing you noticed about South Africa? Anything. Anything you noticed or anything that surprised you being here for about 24 hours? What, has, what is that one thing you notice where you're like, okay, shit, I'm in South Africa? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, uh, when the plane was landing, the color of the, the sand, the, 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 this was, yeah, it was, it was strong. The, yeah. yeah. So, and uh, it was, yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. Amazing. And then in closing the interview, how can people connect with you? I mean, there's a lot of South Africans, a lot of upcoming artists who will be listening to this, who will want to follow your work, follow what you're doing. So do you have a yeah. website? So where can they? Yeah. I mean, it's vhils.com. That's the website. And then also I'm on Instagram. So vhils. It's, it's where uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter as well. And Facebook, even if you were criticizing all the social media, I'm on them. If you criticize, we'll block you. <laughs> if you criticize any crap comments, we'll block you. I block now. There's a new thing. I don't care about, like, on social media, I just block. Yeah. So we're going to block you. If you criticize anything that Vils is doing, we're going to block you. Oh, or we'll send cops after you. So there, is, there it is, guys. Um, I'm here with, this is Alex. So this is, I, I dreamt of saying this today. I actually planned it. Portugal is not known for only the best player, soccer player yeah. in the world, but it's also known for the best artist in the world right now. Oh, Alexandra, Vils, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you to you and your team for thank being you. here. I'm excited to spend some time with you guys and, and show you Joburg. And, I'm, and for me, I feel like wherever I've been around the world, I've been to New York, I've been, I've been to Portugal as well, mm-hmm. I've been to Spain, and there's one thing I always, I'm inspired by all those cities that I've been to, but there's nothing like Africa, man, and yeah. especially South Africa. So for, for sure. me, I'm just praying and hoping that you're going to see a lot of things you've never seen before. And I'm very excited to see how that will inspire your work, definitely. Good pleasure. So thank you very, thank you very, very much. much. This is Sierra Boile on The Third Exchange. And actually, speaking of other great podcasts, um, what if I told you we were going to live until 200 years old? As Sanlam turns 100, they are looking ahead of the future. The 200-year-old is a future-facing podcast based on leading science, featuring the voice of Nambi Tapumluana and Tapelo Mukwena. It's the story of Lisedindaba told in the year 2022-18. There we go. It's a podcast that pulls back the curtain to the world of the future. Visit the 200-year-old.co.za to listen or find out more on cliffcentral.com. I'm very keen on the future guys so make sure you listen to that podcast I'll be checking it out and yeah man I'm also keen to hear Nambi Tantapal Mukwena who are some of the best actors in this country thank you very much for joining me this is another episode of the Thread Exchange conversations that are brave that are young and talking about people that just destruct the world man and thank you very much to v, uh, to Veals for, for coming onto the show
show. I think storytelling is very, very important and learning from each other as artists is very important. Um, I believe that the collective of the future is in collaboration and it's, it's, it's about being one as a community globally. I don't care whether we pink, purple, black, white or blue, African, Spanish, Portuguese. I feel that as a, as a human race, we're all one community and we should exchange ideas and, and, and grow the world and make it a better place. Thank you very much. Thank See you. you. Thank you. Super inspiring. Thank you. This is CliffCentral.com.